For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, November 16th, 2022. Just eight days away from Thanksgiving, roaring right into the holiday season here. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. I'm going to go around the room here and, as usual, introduce this cast of characters we have on this podcast here. Going to start with the Minister of Truth, the Deacon of Data, the Father of Facts and Figures, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel from the Rob the Genius Podcast. Mr. Rob, how are you doing tonight, sir? Good. Good to be back. Awesome. Awesome having you. We're going to have a good show tonight. We've got a lot to talk about. But last and never least... Hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, how are you, Bubba? How are you? Friends, good to be here. Glad to have you, man. We got a lot going on. Uh, and, you know, I think we're going to start off the show and get the uh, we're going to get the heavy lifting out of the way here. We got a little bit of a little bit of heavy stuff to talk about. Uh, over the weekend, those of us familiar with pop culture and nerd culture lost an absolute legend and icon in the industry. Uh, longtime voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy, passed away at the age of 66 uh, from what I'm reading was like intestinal cancer or something like that. And we were just going to spend a little bit of time here talking about, you know, our thoughts and our memories of, you know, what Kevin Conroy as the voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman meant to us. Um, just generations, you know, I was looking over his IMDb, the guy has got like five decades worth of work, not only, you know, voicing Batman, but, you know, different acting roles, different voice roles and things like that. And uh, Rob, what, what did you think in the moment when, when we got the news? Oh man. So, all right. Cause a lot of people were saying that Kevin Conway was their Batman. Uh, now I guess my Batman was Adam West. That's, who I started with, but Conroy's number two, I think, because put it this way, um, as far as being synonymous with the role of Batman, it's Adam West and Kevin Conroy, because Michael Keaton did a bunch of other work, you know, Ben Affleck's done a bunch of other work, Christian Bale's done a bunch of other work, George Clooney doesn't even like to acknowledge that he played Batman, <laughs> um, you know, because by his own admission, look. George Clooney was check cashing on that on that role. Okay, one hundred percent, bro. <laughs> it is a popular story, and it is. I believe it. Is, it has been found out to be true that if you walk up to George Clooney and you say, "Hello, I saw Batman and Robin. I would like my money back." He will give you ten dollars. <laughs> That's like that like to be a shoot. Like the old stories of like you know Bill Murray walking up to people and stealing a French fry and being like, "No one's ever going to believe you," and then walking away. Like, I believe, I want in my heart, I want that story to be true. So, that's some urban legend stuff that you hope is true. Yeah. That's that's the, some Batman kayfabe for you. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, you know, as far as guys who, again, who Batman is who they were, it's Adam West and Kevin Conroy. Um, and also, 
as far as like animated voice actors, like you know, he's one of like the guys. You know, yeah. I mean, him, Peter right. Cullen, who does Optimus Prime, and yeah, you know, I'll go ahead and say Mark Hamill is the Joker, right? Mark I mean, Hamill is the Joker. Frank Welker is Megatron. Yeah, I'm like um, those are the guys for this. Yeah, you know. those are the guys. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for the life of me, his name escapes me. Uh, the guy who did the voice of Cobra Commander in the G.I. Joe series. Oh, he's also Starscream also. Starscream, yeah, yeah. he did the voice of Starscream as well. Very iconic, very identifiable. Yeah. And yeah. Kevin Conroy is on that list when you think about voices and being synonymous with something. You know, he's he's tops that list as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Tara Strong, who did Howard, she did Harley Quinn, and right. she did a bunch of other stuff. But that's, you know, he's part of that group, right, where... You know, you know them for that, and you know when you think of the character, when you think of that character, you think of that guy voicing him. Yeah. And so for me, um, because the Batman animated series started when I was in college, and it was like the perfect balance, really, because you know you wanted something a little more serious than Adam West, but you didn't want like you know. You know, you didn't want Frank Miller all the time either, right? Right. So you wanted that balance where it, where it was where it was serious, but it was also still you know fun in some spots. Right? Yeah. And that so the Batman animated series was that. It was the perfect balance, and you know Kevin Conroy was a big part of that. And for me, and like. One of my favorite episodes was the one about the Great Ghost, where Adam West is playing the Great Ghost. And, yes. And yeah, yeah and then That's... Batman, yeah, and the Great Ghost is Batman's hero, and then they end up working together to, you know. <clears throat> but it's stuff like that, or, you know, the one the, the episode I always remember where it's on New Year's Eve, and then Batman and Gordon are like having coffee together at the end of the night, you know, and then, yeah. you know, and then uh, here's to doing this next year, you know, that with that one. Yeah. Um so for me, yeah, I mean he was just yeah, he, he was that guy, man. And uh and for, and just another thing was just so cool for me was look my you know, my look my first my first, I always say my first two superheroes were Luke Skywalker and Batman. And here they were both working on the same show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um you know, about you know the, the you know, you know what I mean, right? I know what you mean. That's definitely yeah. Um and it was, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, you know, so whenever I see Go that ahead, picture man. of them together, like Mark Hamill and Conway, like pointing at each other, to me, that's like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Mark yeah. Hamill had a couple of really nice tributes over the weekend to him. And just when I thought I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Then I see him post something. I'm like, God damn it. I'm not good. Yeah. You know, yeah. this one hurts, man. Like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. This one hurts. Yeah. And, um, But yeah, I mean, he yeah. like he just you know he did it in video games and animated movies. Yeah. Um, like he he did this for thirty years, and again, like I said, you know, he was Batman. Batman was him. Same with Adam West, and the two, both of them, like they just both they weren't ashamed of playing you know a guy that dressed up as a bat, which some people are sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, and- they weren't. And they right. embodied it, and they they you know, and they played it for all it was worth, and they both loved being it. Jason, and, you got any thoughts here, Rubba? 
lots. I mean, like, <laughs> don't we all? I, uh, I'm 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 a little bit younger than you guys, so he was my Batman, and it is not close. Like, because we went. I mean, yeah, I had Keaton, and I saw the movies and whatnot, but and we had Kilmer and Clooney, and there's there that was what it was, and he was Batman, man. He mm-hmm. and it was so cool because he he really wa- he threw himself into that character man like not in the stupid you know uh Heath Ledger sort of way but he like he became that guy and I, I would point out that like if you called him on the phone if he was still with us and I called him on the phone Kevin Conroy would answer yeah. Batman wouldn't answer Bruce, Bruce Wayne wouldn't answer if I called you know Christian Bale Bruce Wayne answers the phone the dude when he did a Batman voice, obviously he did the Batman voice, but his what gets lost, he doesn't get enough credit for how well he played Bruce because he played them like two entirely different characters. He would bring his voice up an octave and he would talk a little, you know, a little happier and a little lighter and something like that. He was very suave, very svelte. Exactly. And I'm so glad he got the opportunity he didn't actually get to don the cape and cowl, but in error in arrow the Arrowverse Crisis on Infinite Earths or whatever it was, he did play a old broken down, held together by an exoskeleton Bruce Wayne. Um, in live, I had action. mixed emotions about that when I first saw that scene because I'm like, because d- believe me, like the rest of us nerds, when they announced that Kevin Conroy was going to be playing a live action Bruce Wayne. I dude, I like goosebumps now just thinking about it. Like legit goosebumps thinking about it. And Wait, then I saw can the I scene. Guess, can I guess? Uh, that you, can I guess that you were bummed out? He was an asshole. Yes, at first. Okay, okay. at first I was too. But I mean, it's good. Go ahead, finish your thought. Then no, 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 I, I said I was. So I'm like, okay, we get him, we get him, and then the, then he's a heel. And I'm like, what the shit is that? <laughs> like, but, but, but dude, looking, no, looking back. Fun? Do you know how much fun that dude probably had doing it? Oh, he had a blast. Because, like, he didn't get to play that version of Bruce in anything. And that's a popular version of Bruce. Like, the broken down, you know, Dark Knight Rises, Dark Dark Knight uh, Returns, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, that's really cool for him. But I was bummed out like you were, too. I was like, oh, I want him to be yeah. Batman. But well, And I get, you know, for licensing and all these other legalese reasons he couldn't don the cape and the cowl. I got all that. I, I understood all that. But in the moment, I was a little disappointed in what we got. But when I look back at it objectively, it was awesome. Like, yeah. It's really awesome in retrospect. It's funny that we had the exact same. <laughs> 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 You're supposed to be like cool, charming, happy Bruce. No, nope, he's an asshole. <laughs> oh, and, and, like that show, kids, if. I'm speaking to you. Go back and watch that show. That is that is when animation peaked. Like I'm convinced. It because it well, everything Rob was saying about it, it's absolutely timeless. The Batman animated series is timeless. If you if, if what year is Batman the animated series set in, Rob, DJ, anybody? You don't know. It appears to be like like it would be like the 40s or 50s, maybe or maybe the 30s, 40s. Right. But then they have computers and they have like all this different stuff. It's this very art deco kind of it's basically it's very it's very noir. It's like, 
It's very noir, and it was um, it basically the world. It's the world's fair version of the future. Like, yes. it's like we're on our way to the to the world's fair version of the future. We're not there yet. We don't have flying cars and whatnot, but we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but incredible on, vision on on Bruce on Bruce Tim's part. And like Rob was saying, Kevin was so integral in making that work. And it's he became so just intertwined with that character. And a few things that I always loved and respected about him, aside from the work itself, was how protective of Batman he was. Like, mm-hmm. this wasn't just a job to him. You know, he, like, grew into this. And, and, and in a way, I guess as a, a fan as well, he grew up with it. And he was very protective of it. And, you know, as we all were protective of him as the voice of Batman, I know I was. And I know that anyone who takes on that role now, I hold them up to that standard. And even now, when I'm watching an animated feature that has Batman in it and he's not doing the voice, unfortunately for that actor, I'm judging them based on a standard he set. It's such a bummer that my favorite, favorite, favorite Batman movie, Under the Red Hood. Yes, doesn't have have him yes, because I, when he gives that monologue because don't get me wrong tim greenwood did an excellent job he yes. did a very 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 good job i i'm not disappointed it's it's still my favorite batman movie and it doesn't have Ken, kevin conroy in it it might i might be a little biased because the other guy that's in it but in any case i just imagined like oh my god him him cutting that promo at the end about how you didn't under you never understood what it was like and blah 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 you know, I wanted to save you, all that shit. Oh, would have been magical. But he did get, and, and now looking back that he, he's gone, unfortunately, he did get a very cool moment to kind of, even though he kept, I believe he did it, did the role in bit parts after this, but in the Arkham Knight game, I will not spoil it, but the Arkham Knight game ends very, there is a big sense of finality to it. It's um, satisfying. And, and satisfying, and it's a satisfying end for the Batman character. I'm not going to yeah. spoil it in case anybody goes and plays it, but it's excellent. And he had that opportunity to kind of say goodbye and put a night, put a put a cap on things and things like that. Because it has to be said, his performance in the game was absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. But that's that's all I got on. Haven't Kevin played Conrad. that yet. My exclamation point will be the Killing Joke. Uh, just what what an awesome comic book to animation adaptation and to see him come out of retirement and do the voice of Batman one more time and to pair up with Mark Hamill again as the Joker to, to knock that whole thing out of the park for me was amazing. And uh, yeah, one, one was, more for uh, me, one, uh, one more for me was uh, in the uh, Justice League Doom animated movie, you know, that's based on the Tower of Babel story. Yes. You know, uh, at the end, where you know, because you know, uh, you know, Batman had the files on everybody's weaknesses, and they got stolen and exploited. So at the end, you know, they're all calling him the task, and he's just like, "I would do it again." Yep. <laughs> he's like, "You know what?" He's yeah. Like, and, and he's like, "Yeah, I would do like, it again." <laughs> just looks at him. He's like, "You guys, are you serious? Like, you there shouldn't be any sort of contingency if you people get out of control." Yeah, and, then, and like then, it's it's completely and utterly justified, and he hasn't learned any lessons at all. Which I mean, he shouldn't. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then and then when the, and then when they ask him, like, well, I well, what would happen if you stepped out of line? And he was like, well, you guys should stop me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Good luck, but you know, 
He's like, yeah, I had a contingency yeah, plan for me. Take me out, Justice idiots. League. Yeah, he's like, I had a contingency plan for me. It's called the Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten. I haven't watched. I had that one on DVD. I haven't watched oh, Justice man, it, League it, Doom in, yeah, God, oh, probably it, six or eight years. Yeah, and it, I mean, that, that ending is just so great. And then <laughs> he was like, yeah, I would do it again. What? Yeah, that's so good. So many, I mean, we could probably spend another hour just talking about different episodes and little, you know, little things that he did as far as, you know, the Batman character went. Again, uh, Kevin Conroy, so much thanks from somebody, you know, a a podcast here full of people who, you know, more or less, even though we were, Rob and I were adults when, you know, when he took over the voice of Batman, but still we grew up with him in a sense. The brother raised me. Yeah. Dude, the so, dude raised me. I was like five when that thing came out. Right. So, Godspeed to you, Kevin Conroy. Thank yeah. you so much for everything you gave us. Decades worth of joy, decades worth of entertainment. And you lived and breathed it. And so few people do that. So, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's uh, let's slide out of the uh, bandwagon nerds territory here and get back into some wrestling. This is a wrestling podcast. Um, <clears throat> while we're on the subject, let's let's do another little kind of a, a rest in peace thing here to the the twenty four seven championship. Uh, Nikki Ash uh, now going by Nikki Cross again. Well, she missed the trash can, but. <laughs> She attempted to throw the belt away, and it's, it, it implies that we're getting rid of the 24-7 championship. On the website, it has been retired uh, officially by WWE. So we kind of wanted to go around the room here a little bit, and we'll start with Jason. And, and get your give me your initial thoughts. Like, you watched the unveiling of the 24-7. What were your first thoughts on that thing? The first thought was, wow, that belt looks dumb. Um, but... Once the wackiness kind of started, I was just like, okay, I can get in on this. Um, the belt was, I think they could have done better with the belt. Jesus Christ, that thing looked like a, looked like a toy, even more so than any of their other belts. Um, but yeah, the, the 24-7 stuff was fun. I think they, they did it perfectly. I don't think they ever had a misstep with it. Honestly, they never oversaturated the show with it. They They had some fun stuff go on with it. I mean, they had, uh, but at the same time, was it probably time? I don't know. I don't know if you need it around, but yeah, I, I love the 24 seven gimmick, um, for when they did it. Okay. Rob, we'll wrap around a little bit more and talk a bit more about it, but your initial thoughts when they, when Mick Foley unveiled the belt a couple of years ago. Oh, I mean, I was like, what is this garbage? Um, um, because remember, like we said before, like, you know, 2019 was that period where for a while Fed really was in the mud. And like, so in the midst of that, and they, they pull this out, I'm like, what are y'all doing? I'm like, you know, I'm just sitting there like, like, okay. Like I, I go on the internet and I defend y'all and now y'all are doing this. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, way to make me look stupid, guys. Great. <laughs> and, but then, you know, and then, but then from that very first night where they started, like, just kind of the mad scramble over it, and then within a few minutes, I didn't done completely one. He's like, okay, well, they might be, this might be something here. If they're going, if it's going to be something they have fun with, 
this might be something here. And then they spilled out into the parking lot. And then like our truth popped out of the trunk of the car or something. And, and then <laughs> once that happened, I was, I was in, I was like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be good. Yeah. And, um, from that point forward, I mean, and like, I mean, our truth was the perfect man to basically be the, you know, the, the perpetual holder of that title. Right. Um, because, you know, he always, you know, he commits 100% to doing the comedy stuff. He's never, cause you know, some people you can tell they don't really want to be doing that crap. Right. But, yeah. Um, he is, he always goes in a hundred percent. And so he ultimately made it great. Uh, but it, I mean, the biggest thing was it, it gave a lot of people stuff to do. It, it kept mm-hmm. people on TV. Um, you know, Carmelo for a year went around with truth and, or, or however long it was, but that was after she, you know, she wasn't champion anymore and it didn't look like, you know, you didn't, didn't know what was going to happen with her after that. Yeah. So and that, you know, that kept her around, that kept her, gave her stuff to do. Um, basically kept her career, you know, not that she was going to get released or anything, but it kept her above water as far as her career on, on screen. Um, it helped just this past year, Tamina and Dana Brooke did like probably the best work of their time there doing that stuff. And they were doing really entertaining stuff on TV, you know, for the first half of this year with that. Um, I'm sorry, I popped for the wedding thing. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. You will, you will not find you will not find the Mindless Wrestling Podcast have a bad thing to say about many wrestling weddings, but no. that one was particularly good. Yeah, there, and, there are no bad wrestling weddings. No, no, exactly. And uh, so I mean, with that, and then all the different times in between, and of course the one I always like to bring up when they you know ran the middle of the ring and Eric Young got you know, kicked in the face by the 13-time women's champion. Um, you know, that's one of Rob's favorite pops. Yeah, because at first, look, I'm watching that, and you know, and y'all know how I am, and I'm like, really, y'all doing this during, y'all doing this now, y'all gonna run out here now, really? And then when some, and then when Eric got in the ring, he was like, okay, you better, you better do it, you better do it. He got in the ring, you better do it to him, and boom, I was like, yes. She <laughs> <laughs> like, smoked him too. Yeah. Oh yeah. She put, she put some English on that thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. But, um, I, I felt the same way you guys did about the uh, the twenty four seven when they first unveiled it. I was like, because they teased it, they teased it, and then Foley comes out. I'm like, okay, Foley's involved in this. What are they doing? And then it made sense because the twenty four seven championship was like a watered down version of the what was it the hardcore title from 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 back in the day and that was again they introduced that with mcfoley so i was like well what the crap is this thing this belt looks like shit what are we doing here and then i figured out very quickly and this is something that a lot of wrestling fans forget this is supposed to be fun and Mm -hmm. there were a lot of fun moments not everything in wrestling has to be serious there's plenty of serious stuff there you know, and, and for them to put throw something out there like that to have fun. I know a lot of people clowned it. It great it gave us some great moments, man. Like, how do you not pop for Jinder Mahal showing up in full wrestling gear to a golf <laughs> to a golf or, game? Yeah. Or our yeah. truth rolling up on on uh, Drake Maverick's actual wedding. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so Maverick was actually getting married in real life to his 
Absolute smoke show of a wife. Oh, my goodness. Right. Um, yeah. uh, so happy for you, buddy. Um, but seriously, he rolled up and literally scooped the dude from behind and pinned him one, two, three at his wedding. Yeah. That's insane, bro. Yeah. That whole arc surrounding Drake Maverick was brilliant. I mean, that was some of the best work I've seen those guys do. Like on TV, like Drake Maverick absolutely losing his mind and ruining his honeymoon, ruining the first weeks of his marriage because he's a disheveled mess over and, losing the twenty four seven championship. And, yeah, and that was the one of the best uses of the world we live in because he did it on Instagram. He sold the story on Twitter. He said he like there would be new pieces of the story that would come out between Monday and Friday. Like, it was brilliant. Yeah. it's And we've said this on this show before. You can take something absolutely ridiculous and stupid, but if you lean all the way into it, you can get it over. And R-Truth, Drake Maverick, all of them, they, the, the people that were the most influential in making that work leaned all the way into it. Jinder Mahal was brilliant yeah. during oh, his run with the, with the 24-7 championship. It was absolutely brilliant. The stuff that they did later on with, you know, Dana Brooke and Tamina and Tazala and, you know, all of that. Just such good stuff because these people are like, okay, this might be the dumbest shit I've ever been handed, but I'm on TV. Yeah. You know, it got me a spot on TV. Let me lean all the way in and let me make this work. And by God, they did. Let me fire through the records of the belt real quick. Go for it. Because I think this, this paints a beautiful picture about this title. The first champion was Titus O'Neil. The final champion was Nikki Cross. The most reigns was R-Truth at 53 reigns. <laughs> the, longest, the longest reign was Reggie. Remember Reggie? Yes. 112 days. Pretty impressive. Wow. The old, oldest champion. Anybody want to because take he wanted to witness protection after he won. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Anybody want to take a stab at oldest champion? You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Ah, shit. Dave LaGreca, I don't know. Pat Patterson, 78. 78 shit, that's wow. right. Patterson won it. Pat Patterson was the uh, 24-7 <laughs> champion. <laughs> Youngest champion? Anybody want to take a stab? Uh, Grammy Award winning artist, Bad Bunny. That's right. At 26 years old. Heaviest champion. Ready? Who do you think it was? Quick, take a quick stab. Otis. Nope, Rob? Heaviest? Yep. One Braun, was it? No. Nope, The Revival. Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, because they both double pinned that guy, remember? I forget oh. who they double pinned. At 446 I, pounds I combined. Vaguely, I vaguely remember that <laughs> happening. That's probably one of the things they pissed and moaned about on Twitter. Probably. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the funniest things you've ever done, guys. So, I, you, yeah. You hey, present what, what, wrestling different than how I watch wrestling, I guess. Yeah. What are you doing now? Moving on. And uh, finally, lightest champion, Alexa Bliss. At 102 ah. pounds. Oh, I didn't know uh, she had so. it. So, yeah, I, I vaguely remember her having it. Did she just drop it or something? I forget. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't um, remember the Alexa Bliss uh, race. Yeah, it couldn't have been very long. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, so, my God, if you ever want to get a hilarious experience, just look through the, ty- the, entry, the entry of title history for that thing. It was held, oh. uh, it was held 195 times. <laughs> wow. In three years. In three years. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you can't look at that and laugh and find joy in that, like like Jason says time and time again on this show, you fundamentally watch this wrestling stuff way differently than I do. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 24-7 title was awesome. So let's springboard off of that to a couple things. One, we cannot talk 24-7 championship. We cannot talk about it without talking about our truth And we cannot go without mentioning our truth Get well soon, Bubba. Uh, he injured himself on NXT a couple weeks ago doing a dive outside the ring. Completely missed Grayson Waller. Took a spill. And I didn't realize how bad the injury was at the time. But apparently he had it was bad enough he had to have surgery. Um, so just wishing a speedy recovery and, uh, in a, you know, as we always say, Bubba, get well. This wrestling thing will be here. Take your time. Yeah. There we go. That's it. So just let's just use that to springboard into there's been some talk now that the 24-7 championship is going to be retired. Now that it's retired, there's been talk again about the possible introduction of a women's mid-card championship. And we've talked about that a little bit on this show. It's been a little while. I think we could circle back around and discuss this again. I'll I'll come right out of the gate and say I'm on board with it. 
Um, I've always, I've long thought for as long as there's been an active women's division with more than a handful of women wrestling, that there should be a mid-card women's championship. That is one area where AEW, regardless of how they use their women, that's a whole discussion. Uh, that's one thing I think they do have over top of WWE is that they have more than one available women's championship. Um, so well, if it's so does WWE technically. Well, I mean they've got two, but there's yeah. the the Raw and the SmackDown Women's Championship, and those are supposed to be on an even playing field. Right. Um, no, you are right. It is different. It is different when you have like a women's intercontinental or a women's U.S. championship or whatever. If they implement this thing, what are they going to call it? Um, Rob, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the idea of having a women's mid-card championship? Well, because I used to be against it, but now because now I've, I've done a 180 on it now because the women's roster is expanding. Uh, Hunter is signing people. Um, and so just like if you look at it if right now so okay we're looking at if the, if the roster is a, you know, at, at full strength right now we're looking at like nine different women who are considered and who have been like multi-time champions and then mm-hmm. worked big matches and all that we're, th- we're look, talking horse women Rhea, bianca oscar alexa and ronda right so that's nine nine women for two titles and and the way that the way the women's titles are right now they're supposed to be for like the the best of the best right um so you've already got nine women for two titles you've got other women who you know can can perform at that level also like naomi like um eo and dakota right um so you have them also um so now yeah, I mean you're looking at like that's potentially twelve or you know, you can throw Candace in there, that's thirteen for two women's titles. Right? Um that's a lot. And so there are but and then you've got a bunch of other women there also though. And and to be honest, they're either, you know, they're not big they're they're either not, you know, as good enough workers or they're not a big enough deal or what have you to basically put in that same club with that nine to 12 women that you already have up there. So it's, you need something for them to fight over. Uh, be, I mean, if again, this is, you know, this is because again, I maybe would not think this way under Vince. Cause I don't think Vince would have, would be bringing all these people in like Hunter's bringing in, but Hunter is bringing them in. He's, you know, and he, he's already, you know, EO, Dakota, Candace, Mia Yim back. Uh, he's already brought them back, Emma. Um, you got B-Fab back on the roster. I know, I know we've talked that B-Fab's yeah. not the greatest worker, but if she ever improves, you're looking at, you know, she's back now too. Yes, um, Sarah Logan is back now. Sarah Logan. Uh, um, you know, and, you know, and, 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 you know, there's rumors, you know, rumors about Chelsea Green. Um, well, I know, but, and look, and, if Chelsea Green does come back, then there's a real good chance that Deanna ain't gonna be too far behind her, right? Um, yeah, that was another Triple H girl oh, right there. Deanna's coming back. Although, look, I mean, well, she's—I mean, she has like done some stuff in the character department now, where you know it'd be different now. 
I think. She's been really good at, at, over an impact. The, yeah. She's kind of she's kind of fully fleshed out and the the virtuosa. And then and it's, it's been really interesting. And then, you know, Mandy's going to be coming back up next year. Um, you know, and she might bring the girls with her. Although, I mean, they won't be contending. I mean, they'll be doing tag team stuff, obviously. But um, so that 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 space is getting more and more crowded. Um, and to have all of them fighting for two women's titles, you know, um, that, you know, it, now, yeah, I mean, and you might even make a case for a, a mid-card title for each show. Yeah, I mean, on the, on the Raw side, you have the U.S. Championship, and on SmackDown, you've got the Intercontinental. Makes perfect sense to me. I guess the question is, with and, and we wrap around to this every few episodes, and Jason, we'll let you, let you take over here in just a minute. You're signing all these women. You've already got a stuffed roster. Who, who sits down? Oh, I'm not making that decision. That's that's for people smarter than me. But unfortunately, someone's gotta. Um, that, so that yeah. this might be be careful what you wish for kind of deal, guys. With that that mid mid card title. Um, and um, that's yeah. Um, but kind of piggybacking off Rob, I think if done correctly, and especially if you go with DJ's idea of doing two. You know, a women's United States Championship and a women's Intercontinental Championship. Then you get into the situation where you're actually kind of enhancing your top champions, like we're seeing with Roman now. You know, Gunther has put the Intercontinental Championship like back on the map. Seth and that whole thing has put the United States Championship back on the map, and it only enhances Roman. Because, like, you look at him and you go, okay, well, he's the grand, grand, grand champion. Um, so I think I think if executed correctly, it, it could definitely work. Um, but I do, again, this might be a monkey, like DJ was alluding to, this might be a monkey paw situation. So just, you know, because someone's, yeah. someone's got to sit down when, when this stuff happens. There's still only three hours on Raw and still only two hours on SmackDown. And that's the problem, and that's the thing, so... We don't well, we don't know what further moves he's gonna make. Like we don't know if he's if he is just adding to the roster or if you know the door might be swinging both ways. We don't know that yet. Um, but right now, assuming until well until they start actually releasing folks, you know, we're I'm gonna be optimistic and say he's not gonna do that right now. Yeah. Uh, or, or at least I'm not gonna call it until he actually starts doing it. Um, but it's just, well, like, like, you know, I mean, Rondo's wrestling shots at Survivor Series. I mean, it's kind of a waste of time, right? Yeah, this is one of those matches where it's almost a foregone conclusion. Like, and and I love Shotzi. That's not a knock on Shotzi. I love the character, and, and, and I dig. It's fun. Shotzi's fun. Um, but, again, this is one of those things. Are they are they going to pull the trigger on rocks or on uh, Shotzi over Ronda? I don't think so. No. So it's and, like, do I want to watch it and hope I have a fun match and get excited about that? Or do I want to just say, hey, maybe this is where I go make some snacks? Right. And then, you know, and then they're doing – because we're going to have two probably half-hour War Games matches. Right. Um, yeah. 
you know, um, and like, okay, well, you don't see Roman mixing it up with um, Ricochet, right? You don't. Um, you know, unfair or unfair, you don't, right? Yeah. And, you know, if, you know, the women's side is going to progress in the same fashion as the men's side, that's eventually a thing that happens is where your top people just don't mix it up with the other people very often. For the record, I would totally be down for Roman Reigns versus Ricochet. Oh, sure. And look, I'm sure they look Roman would be too, but I mean, it's just. Could you imagine Ricochet selling his ass off? For the for the tribal chief, how awesome would that be? Right, and it, it could happen, and it might still happen as like a one-off. Oh, I'm sure somewhere down the road it's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, as far so. as far as them making like regular contact every week on television, it doesn't. You oh know, no, that, no, 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 that doesn't happen. Well, that was part of. The, I mean, remember the Brock Ricochet match? Like going into that, part of the reason that was so special and exciting and crazy was because that shit didn't happen. Right. Brock doesn't mix it around with the mid-carters, and I'm sorry, that's what Ricochet is. Interestingly enough, I read somewhere that Brock wanted more out of that match than what they got. Like, he was he was ready yeah. to give Ricochet a little bit in that match. Yep. And Vince pretty much booked a squash. Well, because, yeah. and that's, you know, that's the thing where, you know, and no, we didn't like that either, but if you're booking the wrestling company, you probably do the same thing. Brock Lesnar squashes Ricochet. As much as I'm a fan of Ricochet, but looking at it from a booking standpoint, it was booked the way it should have been. Right. Anyway, Ricochet was winning that if he brought a bazooka. Well, I don't even mean winning. I mean, but like Brock was willing to give him a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, Brock, I mean, if you ever listen to Brock's interviews and stuff, like his interview on Pat McAfee, the dude likes wrestling, guys. I'm sorry. And he's a businessman. He's a businessman, right. and he's perfectly willing. And actually, wasn't it his idea to drop to somebody? Well, he, well remember, he was pissed because um, he was all ready to drop to Roman and go back to the farm at 34. Yeah. And he, right. he was pissed that he had to keep it, right? Um, well, and I think he, he it was, was his he? idea to drop the belt to uh, Goldberg, wasn't it? Yes. That's oh, what that- it was. It was the it was the the squash at the Survivor Series. And go yeah, it was the back. squash at Survivor Series. That was Brock's idea, and that that was a great piece of business. Yep. Right. And but now you do that with Goldberg, right? Right. Um, but well, like for and we'll just see. And this this whole this Ronda run is an example here. Like Ronda should not be having competitive matches with with. She should only be having competitive matches with the very top women. Right. She should not be going. Right. I'm sorry. And look, we love Shotzi. Okay. She should not be going 50-50 with Shotzi. No, this should be more of a squash than anything She should else. not. I'm sorry. And look, we love Shotzi. Yeah. Shotzi we really Shotzi, do. She, it but, shouldn't no. be an out-and-out, you know, murder. But, yeah, it should go less than 10 minutes. And Ronda should have 90 five, the advantage. Five minutes. I yeah, said the same right. thing a few weeks ago before um, before the last Premium Live event with Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre in the cage. The week before on SmackDown, they had Karrion Cross in a match with uh, Madcap Moss, and they booked it 50-50. I'm like, you're trying to make Cross out to be this unstoppable killing machine who's about to... I'm I'm supposed to be worried for Drew McIntyre in a steel cage with Karrion Cross, and Karrion Cross barely handled Madcap Moss three days prior or the night before on on SmackDown. Like, what are we doing here? We, we talk about suspension and disbelief. 
I don't think they did Karrion Cross any favors there. And it's the same type of situation with, with Ronda and, and Shotzi. I, again, we love Shotzi, but looking at this objectively, I agree with you, Rob. And so, and I guess my larger point is, you know, you need, you know, Shotzi should have something to fight for, though, right? Yes. She shouldn't, she shouldn't be stuck getting squashed by Ronda or, you know, she shouldn't, she, she shouldn't be stuck simply losing in five minutes on a Friday to Ronda or to Charlotte or to, you know, Sasha or whoever, or losing in five minutes on a Monday to Bianca. She shouldn't be stuck with that. But with things the way they are right now, if you're booking right. the show, that's exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. Right. And, you know, then part of the, and look, and look, all right, and part of the thing with Rhonda and the Liv Morgan thing was that, again, Rhonda should kill Liv Morgan. Yep. But they had, you know, but they made it, you know, they made it competitive. Yeah. And well, well, but she's should. hardcore Liv Morgan now. Okay. That's right. <laughs> look, all right, see, all right, stop, stop. Okay, see, I'm I'm trying to I, no, because look, look, I look. There are people who are a lot meaner towards her than I have been. I am not trying to be lumped in with those people. Okay, I'm not because okay, uh, and I okay, I gotta go take the kids out to the car. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, well, we'll James, we'll why, don't, why don't you and I continue yeah, because I, I do have a question here. Um, sure. We've talked. We have a. We've talked in the chat. And, you know, we have a couple of people who will be talk women's wrestling. They have some opinions on how the women are booked and rightfully so, you know, rightfully so they have opinions on how they're, how they're booked. And one of the arguments is why should in, in, in the, in the, in terms of giving the women TV time, why does there have to be a title? Why, why can't we just have women's matches that, aren't for anything other than the, the, the okay, we're going to have a competitive wrestling match. And I, I guess the easy answer is, like we've always said here, competitive wrestling matches don't sell. You know, there's got to be some type of an emotional okay. investment in the competition. And for a lot of people, that emotional investment is, I want to be a champion. You know, I okay. want, I, I got into wrestling to be, to be a champion of some kind or another. And, so, Jason, what are your thoughts on that? I think that it's necessary because, unfortunately, guys, it makes it easier for the writers. It just does. They're, they're, and um, if you want to have a flourishing women's mid-card, a title is the way to do it. Because if they didn't need a title, if they didn't do that stuff, then we wouldn't be talking about it. We wouldn't be like, oh, they should do this because they're not right now. Right. That's why this entire conversation is happening. So, yeah, I mean, it, it makes it easier for the writers. Because, yeah, it's harder to come up with real conflicts, you know, 52 weeks a year for, you know, four or five women at a time. Right. Well, so, and to be fair, they had that yeah. problem with the men. I've literally watched guys wrestle over a leather jacket. You know, yeah. Bret Hart and Jean-Pierre Lafitte had an entire feud over the fact that Jean-Pierre Lafitte stole Brett's leather jacket. Right. And yep. uh, and because uh, and some of the, well, I mean, the thing is, it's a TV show about a fictional sport. Right. In real sports. You're, you're not fighting playing. to become a champion. 
yes, you're not playing just to play, right? And yeah. in real sports, when guys like Tiger Woods can't compete at that level anymore, he says, okay, guys, um, I just can't, I can't work the schedule anymore because I can't be who I was. Yeah. Wait, um, in, in sports, you're, you're constantly working to be a champion. Have you watched, have you watched the New York Knicks recently? Okay. See, all right. <laughs> Everybody said I'm, I'm wearing a New York Knicks shirt here and Jason, Mr. You know, you know, um, you know, my, my team has, you know, double digit championships is, you know, running 17. It would be 17, one, seven, the most in the league tied with the Lakers. What kind of person brags about their favorite player or team having double digit championships? Who does, who does that? Winners. Okay. Winners. Okay. Who, who does that kind of thing? Who on earth would come on a podcast and brag about their favorite having double digit championships? I, mean, I don't know. On, They're crazy. Crazy. I, I, I don't it's know, buddy. It's a la- I keep hearing the word. I keep hearing the numbers 14 get kicked around on almost a weekly basis around oh, here. <laughs> But if you guys want to know where this argument started, go to our YouTube channel at the Mindless Wrestling. I think we're the Mindless Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. I don't know. I'm not on there a whole lot. The Mindless Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. I've got the the, the pre-show huddle. I'm going to put that up there. And you can see where this little discussion started. But anyway, anyway. (laughs) um, But, yeah, I mean, it's a a show about a sport. In sports, you compete to win championships. Like, you know, boxers are not just going in the ring because they like to hit people, you know, they want to. Mm. So, so some of them, yeah. I, I believe Mike Tyson just enjoyed hitting people. Well, well yeah. But, and but and he, the fact that he got a title for doing so was just icing on the <laughs> a, a happy circumstance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He got right, absolutely rich. Because Iron Mike was awful happy out there to be pounding some faces. Yeah. And the fact that he's almost 60 and he's still doing it in sparring sessions and and it looks downright scary doing it now. I wouldn't want that dude to hit me. Yeah, he, I mean, like he he bit a man's ear. There's there's there. He wanted way more than the title, brother. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he but um, it just as did well. I, okay. Quick side road. I saw this on Twitter again. I try not to take things too seriously. Did him and Holyfield actually get together and come up with some edibles that look like ears? Yes. Yes. Is that a shoot? Yes. No, that's true. <laughs> that is incredible. I saw that this morning when I was scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, these two mother effers got together and made holy ears or some shit like that. Hey, might as well get paid from. Might, well might as well. For. That's great. What a great end to that story. Yeah. I, I will. I will happily let you guys know how they are when they hit Massachusetts. Oh, all yeah, right. Jason, you, you are my my man on the. You are my man on the street for that, sir. <laughs> that's right. But uh, I'll do happy. <laughs> But um, but yeah, man, they want to win championships, dude. That's right. why they're here. And but but every, but everybody's not good enough to be the top champion or to be in those matches, even. So, but and well, look, I mean, you got weight classes in look. boxing. You got heavyweight. You got lightweight. You got cruiserweight. You know, et cetera, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everybody wants to be the heavyweight champion of the world, but everybody can't be the heavyweight champion of the world. But you can, but you know, Floyd Mayweather ain't you know uh, ain't never going to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Floyd Mayweather's made a hell of a career for himself as a middleweight or whatever. You know, Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns, Sugary Leonard, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, would they have liked to be the heavyweight champion of the world? Sure, but they weren't, and they but they sure as hell made something out of being the middleweight champion of the world. Um, and you know what? And 
you can do that here with that. Um, because I mean, they had that six pack challenge things Friday, you know, the shots he won and just watching that whole thing. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and look, I know, I'm, yes, I know I'm, I'm knocking people and I'm knocking everyone who was in that match. I know, but you know, just, you know, come on. I mean, and the winner of that match is going to face Ronda Rousey. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, right. You know, it's kind of funny. I was just like, well, W, I mean, uh, what's it called? AEW has a women's mid-card t- title. They do. The TBS championship is a w- mid-card title. And I was just like, oh, yeah. And I looked it up. They've only had one champion. Oh, yeah. Jade won it. And she's had it for 316 days so far. And if you ask me, that championship is more important than the other one, mainly because yeah. of her. Well, yeah, right. because, yes, because of her, yes. Um, and, she's been the goro of that thing. Yeah, and um, and she's getting better by everything that I can see. Well, I think now that they just now that they just said screw it, and she's going to be Goldberg. Yeah, and now that and hey, not for nothing, she could play Lady Goro, uh, Grogu, Lady Goro, pretty easily. Yeah, That's and a, um, so. I think now that they just decided to just go ahead and do that and stop trying to have they're out there having, you know, again, and, you know, having her, having her out there having like 10 minute proper wrestling matches is just, nope. no. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, mid card title. Yes. Because there are women on that show who are capable of putting on some entertaining matches or whatever, but they are not, you know, big match on a big four pay-per-view material for whether it's because of their level of work or how big a deal they are or whatever. Um, but they should have something to fight for because rather than, you know, you know, again, it becomes a waste of time, right? The the nice thing about those types of championships, and they've always called the men's intercontinental championship, the, the working man's title. And, to be fair, there was a time when those matches were your work rate matches. Your guys like your Bret Hart's, your Mr. Perfects, uh, Shawn Michaels back in the day, Razor Ramon. I mean, these were the, the the working workers. It wasn't so much the spectacle. You could go in there, you could have a 10, 15, maybe 20-minute you know, wrestling match and, mm-hmm. and, and enjoy that. And, and that's what that's there for. I believe that there are women on the roster – because and we talk, I used Lacey Evans as my example. Lacey Evans gets a lot of crap for not being very good. I've seen Lacey Evans at a house show, and house show Lacey Evans is a hell of a lot better than TV premium live event presented Lacey Evans. There's just there's a difference, and you can take these women and give them more time to showcase what they can do from a work rate standpoint. You could do something very special with a women's mid card championship. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Or imagine like, you know, or like somebody like Alicia Fox, right? Yeah. You know, from back when she was there, right? Or um, or even now, like, okay, um, you know, like, yes, I mean, like Candace and EO and Dakota, could they work? Nikki Cross and all them. They, yeah, I mean, could, I mean, some of those girls could work the higher level matches. But there's again, there's such a numbers game there. Yeah. Um, you know, Candace LeRae could be a hell of a mid card women's champion, and you know, wrestle the other girls on the roster, maybe, and then even do the occasional match against you know Charlotte or Becky or whoever, right? I mean, absolutely. That's and, better. And not for nothing. I mean, even before we had our unique championship situation on the men's side that we do now roman's been universe uh, excuse me intercontinental champion seth has been united states champion and they while they were there they elevated other dudes that challenged them yeah yeah, yeah. and so it's just it's more to play with uh it gives more and because you know i'm thinking like you know candace eo dakota them trying to squeeze their way into the the, the eight or nine that they're already fighting over right. those two titles is gonna, you know, that's a, a tough road. To, that's tough. Yeah. And then, cool. you know, and also Mandy coming back up, also, um, you know, uh, and you know, and Liv and Shotzi and Raquel and, you know, uh, and then like, and like, look, look at Raquel right now. Raquel's kind of had kind of stunted growth here because, you know, on paper she sh- should be somebody who is working for one of those two titles, but she hasn't really gotten there yet. But you can't really get her there with the situation the way it is right now. Right. So, I mean, she's somebody who, if you had a mid-card title, you could put her in that mix and maybe in the process of working for that title, maybe she does get to the point where you can put her, you know, where she is, can be, you know, can work for one of the big titles in a year or two. Um, Well, that's another thing with, with the women's side. It's just, it's it's been top heavy, right? Because everything has been around those two titles. So it's always got to be, okay, we got to have the best women fighting for those two titles. Yeah. And, you know, and look, this is the first year that so many of that, so many of the, 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 you know, top women there have not been there. Right. But, um, but up until this year, it was always, you know, okay, we got to have the best women fighting for those two titles. And everything was top heavy, and then everyone else got scraps. And you know, and if you're going to again, assuming that he's you know that the division is expanding, um, you can't have that mentality with a bigger division. You got to have some. Now you got to have sections, and you got to have stuff for the people in different sections to fight you over. You got to subdivide everything now. Mm-hmm. Now you do. Um, you, you really do, and that's okay. You know, it's that there's no shame. I, we've said this on the show a billion times. There's no shame in being a mid card worker. You know, there's been plenty of people come down the pipes who had serviceable, if not awesome, you know, mid card careers. Raise right. Yeah. 
Yeah, like yeah. Razor Ramon, Mr. Perfect, Jake the Snake Roberts, yeah, Honky Tonk Man. You yeah. know, I and you know, like like Razor's a good example because I think he's a guy who, you know, was definitely a good enough worker to be you know world champion and all that. But I think um, he was one of those guys that he just didn't really want to, you know, deal with all the stuff that comes with that. So yeah, I and mean, that's yeah. something that doesn't get talked about enough is you know being the world champ is not just hey i get to carry around a belt on tv it's an it's a 24 7 job and you know you you've got to make the tv shows you've got to make the meet and greets and, and not that wrestlers you know in the lower cars will do that but there's just more of an obligation when you are that top person to protect that image to make the rounds to make the towns to do all the all the stuff to represent the the brand and that's uh, unfortunately for anybody in the business who thinks differently. That is a very small percentage of people who can actually do that and pull it off. And you do have to be a little more serious, also. Like, yes, you can't be the hey, I'm, I'm having I'm having fun here doing the wrestling stuff. Hey, like you know, when you're the world champion, like you can't walk yeah. around like that. Yeah. Um, There's a great documentary on WWE about the the history of the what ended up being the big gold belt, um, the NWA WCW World Heavyweight Champion Championship, and this thing goes all the way back to Hackenschmidt, and um, I think Hackenschmidt was the first one. But if you guys haven't watched this on the Peacock, it's the history of the World Heavyweight Championship. I, I strongly recommend watching it for anybody who's a historian and you want to, because it goes all the way back to when this stuff was still a shoot. It covers the time period where it transitioned from shoot to work. And it talks about how and why some of the world champions of their eras were chosen and what they had to do to represent. It's, it's just, it, it really puts a lot of things to perspective when you're thinking about from a booking standpoint, who is my next guy? Who is my next girl? And it puts a lot of that in perspective. It's really, really a great documentary. Yeah, and then like, and then like, again, you're, you're the one. If you're one of the top champions, you're one of the people that gets presented to the public. And I know, you know, kayfabe ain't what it used to be, but there's still you still have to basically present as if, like, when Rome, when when Roman goes out there and does the Tonight Show, he still he presents as if he's like a serious fighter. Right. I mean, and you got to, you know, when you're one of the top champions, you got to be able to present that way and all of that that comes with it. Everybody's not, you know, everybody's not here for that. Um, right. But it's a fascinating have, angle. It's a fascinating angle because I see Charlotte do it, too, in interviews, how they carry themselves because they're like they're just like. Look, everybody knows what the deal is. But I'd appreciate it if everybody just played along, right, for the next 20 minutes. And right. that's kind of how they, they carry it. It's very interesting. Yeah. Right. And, like, go, go ahead, ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Okay. But so there's, there's so much to that. But, again, everybody – like, but in boxing, right, being the heavyweight champion in the world is an entirely different thing, right? You Again, um, Sugar Ray Leonard didn't have to be, you know, Mike Tyson. Right. right. He didn't have, he didn't have to present that himself that way. Like somebody who could just uh, annihilate anybody in the ring. He didn't have to present himself that way or like, you know, like George or like George Foreman or like, you know, or whatever. Right. You have to when you're, you know, the, the middleweight guys don't have to present themselves that way. 
Floyd Mayweather couldn't. Floyd Mayweather plays a wrestling character, basically. Yeah. Um, if he was the heavyweight champion of the world, he could not do that. Right. If he was in that division trying to be heavyweight champion of the world, he could not do that because the heavyweight division of boxing is a different thing. Right. And, and the heavyweight division is what everybody judges the sport on. And so basically to the point where if if the heavyweight champion isn't somebody who is a big deal or whatever, then people say boxing is in the mud right now. So being, you know, playing at that level is an entirely different thing. But that doesn't mean that the middleweight champions aren't good or that they, you know, or whatever. But they, I mean, but they have a place and, but they're just not the heavyweight champion. Yeah. Right? And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and it just, you know, and, and look, sometimes, you know, like Sugar Ray and those guys were often more entertaining than the heavyweight division, right? Oh, but, yeah. I'd love me some Sugar Ray Leonard back yeah, in the Yeah. I mean, at times they were, yes. But they still were not the heavyweight champion of the world. No. Um, and, <clears throat> So in wrestling with, with these with the top titles now with, with Roman doing what he's doing and with these two top women's titles, that's kind of the plane that they're on, right? That they're on that higher plane. So and everybody can't get there. Everybody's not going to get there. But that doesn't mean that you can't have good stuff for other people to do. And it doesn't mean that, you know, and having yes, having a mid card championship would definitely be it would help it would be better because it just it just would because then you know you need like i said you need subdivisions as the division keeps growing you're going to need subdivisions you're, and you're going to need some eventually at some point you need some dedicated tag teams where it's like you know for the next year or whatever y'all two you're a tag team maybe yeah. we'll split we'll split you up later but for the next year this is what you're doing Right. Um, you need, I mean, you need, you're going to, you need that too. Um, so it's, it's, it's all needed. And of course now in look, yes, the, the real dilemma is the TV time question and what do you do? Um, and that's what Hunter's going to have to figure out. Um, you know, and that's and something knows? I want to revisit after the first of the year, once we get into WrestleMania season, cause that's really going to tell you who the superstars are, who the standouts are and, you know, and, and who's going to be, sitting down for a little while yeah and um i mean i think they're gonna have to do some type of cycling on and off even at, at the top because you can't have all those you can't have all mm. of those nine women together on tv at the same time for two titles like some you know some folks are gonna have to you know have to take a little break for a few months which yeah which i mean which would ultimately be good you know for everybody but um it's 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 just I don't know. Yeah, he's he's got a juggling act to do, um, but I think having mid card titles will help. I think. Okay. All right. Well, <clears throat> let's get into one more little piece of business here. Uh, while we're on the subject of women, women's championships, we uh, about a week or so ago, Mandy Rose passed the one year mark, being NXT Women's Champion. Uh, the big question hanging in the air is who's going to take down Mandy Rose? And you know, we talked about her a little bit a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, last night there was an opportunity for them to have her drop the title. That did not happen. Uh, Isla Dawn came out and interrupted the match, and you know, Mandy Rose retains. And the timeline, at least from what I can see, that Rob ha- is is the uh, the bloom kind of falling off the rose here with Mandy Rose, so to speak. 
Um, well, here's all right. Now, I think okay. I think last. I think having a match last night was overkill. Because she's beat. She's beaten Alba Fire like two, three times already. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was overkill. Um. And she beat her just like two weeks ago. Right. Um. So <clears throat> this was this was I think an example of doing too much. Um. Yeah. If. If you're in, look, if she ain't losing the title till next year, then at this point, just don't have her defend it on television. Um, right? I mean, just don't. It, right now, it's 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 to the point of. Uh, so I think that's part of it was just, you know, literally two or three weeks after she just beat Alba Fire, have her wrestle her again and beat her again was a bit much. Yeah. I mean, you I mean if I mean so Alba and Isla Don are going to feud, and you you could have initiated that some other way. Um, but also, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I always do, and I'm gonna put some of this on the uh, fans <laughs> because some people on our timeline have been, you know, they've been wanting Mandy Rose to drop the women's title for several months now, and they have repeatedly talk themselves into believing that this next time is going to be the time. And then when it's not the time, they get upset. And, you know, and some of them have been saying, well, the toxic attraction should have been called up already. And like we, like we said about a month ago, called up to do what? Exactly. And do what? <laughs> uh, you know, um, so some of this is on these folks. Cause again, they, they've been talking themselves into this. And I think, look, some folks just really want them to get ahead, to, to move on to Cora and Roxanne feuding over the title. Um, that's going to happen. It's come. Look, that's going it, to. It's going to happen. Okay. I personally, Guys, after they're... watching their match at the last Takeover or whatever it was, was it Halloween? What the hell was the one they did? Halloween recently? Havoc, I think. Halloween, Halloween yeah. Havoc. Those girls are another year away from 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 working a regular program for that championship. And I hate to say that because I love both of them. But they still, they both need to cook a little longer before they're ready for that. They're both, these girls are 20 and 21 I, years old, respectively. You shouldn't even feel bad saying that. They're Right, they're babies. And that's not an insult. But yeah. they're literally babies. These girls have got another four to five years to cook before they're really ready to hold that spot. I am, that's no, it's, I, I hope they stay employed by WWE for 20 years each. Oh yeah, and they could. Honest be. to God, I do because I love them both, but they are not ready for that spot. And like we said the same about like with Rhea Ripley, you don't want to burn them out when they're thirty. Well, and right. also you have laid the groundwork, and they're both really, really good wrestlers. You have laid the groundwork to have another eternal headlock struggle, like Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Sean, Brett, you know, blah 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 blah. They both got in at the ground floor. They came up together, and they were kind of like. Friends than enemies. Like, let that simmer. Let that simmer. We don't need to rip that Band-Aid off right away. We don't need to pop that champagne right now. They are so young. They have 10 years in front of them each, guys. Yeah, and so, you know, with each kind of successful defense, you know, some people have just been getting more and more upset about it. You know, like, oh, when's Mandy going to lose? When's he going to lose? And the annoying part of that, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Rob, okay. but it's the annoying part of that is, is that it's rooted in this belief that Mandy Rose sucks. And 
this woman, and it pisses me off because, yeah, there was a time when I probably, two years ago, I probably would have been part of the Mandy Rose sucks, why does she still have a job, you know, crap. Because well, I don't see a whole lot from the Mandy Rose. Huh? Why does she still have a job? Look at her. Yeah, well, dude, pow, please. I, I've well, seen her up close. I've seen her twice. I, I understand. I get it. But, you know, um, but still, if you can sit here and, and look past her looks, and look at her not only ring work but her character work. Mandy Rose found the groove. What it, her moving back down to NXT was one of the best things they could have done for her. One of the best things she could have done for herself. She's put in the work. She's turned into one hell of a sports entertainer. She her character work is impeccable. And, and if they, and if your distaste for Mandy Rose is still rooted in Mandy Rose sucks. You need to take the the, the freaking glasses off, pal, because Mandy Rose does not suck. And there's a lot of women on the NXT roster, and there's some great women. There's some women I'm really looking forward to seeing big things from. But right now, from an overall total package standpoint, there's nobody on that roster right now that laces her boots in NXT. And, dude, uh, not for nothing, and this is a shoot, she has one of the best running knees in the industry. 100%. Yeah, she has and, a she has a better V trigger than the than the uh, the anime man on the other show. And um, so when you look at it like this, all right, um, and one thing, okay, like ninety percent of the women on the NXT roster are green as hell. Okay, this is this this is this is not we're not in twenty nineteen anymore, where you had Candice and Io and you know and Shayna and Mia. And, you know, back in 2019 where Deanna couldn't get TV time because there were a dozen women in front of her, right? Right. This, this isn't right. that, right? Deanna Peraza would run NXT right now if she came. If oh, put her she, back would, she would clean oh. the table. Okay. This, so this is not that. This is not 2019 where <laughs> Deanna Peraza couldn't get on TV and it was, and it was warranted, all right? Um, this is not that. If WWE hired Deanna again, she'd be champion night one. She, she, oh, she'd yeah. go right back to NXT. She'd oh. challenge Randy and she'd win. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, and so this is not that. Um, 90% of the girls there are green as hell, and it gets covered up because they have them doing, the, you know, they have them doing short matches, right? So um, they don't do a lot of long matches. And, and which, remember, most, so many of these girls are in their first year still. Right. Yeah. If we forget that, like so many, I mean, they are, I mean, Lash, Tiffany Stratton, um, Thea Hale, and, you know, a lot of the, so many of these women on NXT 2.0 are literally in their first year wrestling on television. Okay. Um, and, and they're doing it better in some cases than some of the people on the Wednesday night show who have been in this for years. But, but the fact, I mean, but I'm just saying they're still, you, we don't really know how ready or not ready a lot of them are because we don't right. all we see is the three and four minute TV matches. So, you know, we don't know, we don't see what Sean and those guys are seeing in the back or when they're watching them, you know, train and all of that stuff. Um, but the other thing is that like you're talking about the overall, you know, package with Mandy. Okay. When she loses the title, she's gone, obviously. Of you know she'll she'll be off of television at least you know she may it may be a, a little bit before she shows up on Raw or SmackDown, but when she lo- the night she loses that title is going to be her last night probably on NXT television. 
Because you're not going to have her walking around as the former champion for six months. So someone's got to fill that void on the show. And because right now it's as far as heel women, you got toxic attraction and then you got Cora. Right. And they're both they're in separate spaces. They're doing separate things. All right. Well, as soon as Manny loses, she's gone. Then you still got Cora. But who's going to take the other spot? Uh, They've got Zoe Stark now because Zoe turned on. Oh yeah, and Nikita and, uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. and we got Ila Dawn now, which side road man, she looked incredible last night. Yeah, but now yeah. can they? Okay, so they can they can do stuff on the show, but are they going to fill that? Can they fill that whole space? We don't know. Yeah, that's to be determined because yeah, you know, this was Isla's first night on uh, you know. Yeah. NX, regular NXT TV, right, and so. Zoe's only been healed for a week. Right, so we don't know that they can fill that space yet. I mean, yeah, they can be on the show and work matches. Yeah, right? but um, but I know I'm I'm kind of rambling and going off the trail here, but <laughs> um, which not I not you, you don't do that. I, I, know, right? I know, but <laughs> I mean, short version is you know a lot of y'all talk to y'all keep talking to yourselves in the Mandy losing. Oh, she's gonna, oh she's got to lose this time. She's got to lose <laughs> this time. No, you don't. She don't got to lose at all. She don't got to lose until it's time until she actually loses. <laughs> okay. The problem um, is there. You ask somebody, okay, who beats Mandy Rose? They're gonna find some great wrestler girl. Well, or they're gonna say, well, right now people say, well, Roxanne, well, Roxanne should do it. No, Roxanne should absolutely not beat nope. Mandy Rose right now. And that's not a knock on Roxanne at all. Well, yeah, and that's I mean, but well, they, when they wanted Alba to do it really badly, and Look, and look, Alba's great, but it's another one of those things to the people who are not deep in the bubble, who are not, you know, to the person who just watches the show. Okay, Alba, Mandy, who do you got? Who are you picking? Mandy Rose. If you just watch the show. Yeah. Right. Not, not, not again. Not you know. Not the people who are deep in the bubble and they know all this minutia about Alba Fire and and what she did in UK and all of this stuff. But to the people who just who they just tune in, they just watch. All they do is watch the TV show. You know, Alba Mandy, who you picking? Yeah, Mandy. Okay. Um, To the people who don't know who Kaylee Ray is, right? They're picking Mandy. Yes, exactly. This is Um, this is how much I enjoy that Alba Fire. I totally forgot about the Kaylee Ray name. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sitting here scratching my head. What the hell was she called? I honestly did have to look it up. Yeah. That's yeah, what I was doing. Did, for everybody who pissed and moaned about the name Alba Fire, it's fucking working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I couldn't freaking remember her old name. Yeah. And I was reason, like, <laughs> look, the only reason I remember is because, you know, I played 2K and she's on her as Kaylee Ray on WWE 2K. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, uh, but I mean, but other than, I mean, but. Again, she doesn't, you know, if, if you want them to actually have a plan, if you want them to think things through and all of that, then that means we can't be doing the microwave title changes. Mm-hmm. And because let's not forget, I mean, because, all right, when Rhea beat Shayna, right? I mean, in the moment, it was really great. It was on, it was on TV in December. In the moment, mm-hmm. it was really great. By January... You know, people were kind of like, eh, because they didn't, you know, they didn't properly 
you know, doing that on TV in December, just not the same thing, right? Is having it like, whereas like if they'd done it on like the the WrestleMania weekend, you know, takeover, right? That would have been a, you know, then that would have had some momentum behind it, you know? Yeah. But so, but then also, I mean, it's just, I mean, y'all got y'all got to stop this, okay? And and again, no, and look, Mandy is still not a great worker. She has gotten really, she's gotten really good at the thing that they have her do, like the the ten minute match, keep it tight, do your big stuff, you know, make your stuff look good, right? Do the character work. She's gotten really good at that. You know, she makes she's probably never going to be a twenty minute, you know, WrestleMania wrestler. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> but um, you know, there but you know there are people on our Twitter timeline who you know because. Well, Alba's a better worker than she is, and you know, and Cora and Roxanne are better than she is, and you know, work rate and blah 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 blah. Can we get Mandy out of there? Blah, blah. I mean, um, again, look, she loses when she loses, okay. And y'all need to stop, you know, convincing yourselves that this is going to be it. This next one, this one, this has got to be it. This has got to yeah. be the one. Why are um, we rushing the train along? I mean, well, are the, you are you expecting for like this whole wrestling thing to end in the next? Six to twelve months, or are you planning on not watching in that long? Well, you know, it's well, it's a, it's a kind of, it's kind of a lower, kind of a lesser version of, or or not quite as intense version of what people are doing Roman now. Like, who's going to beat Roman? Well, yeah, just watch the show. Well, it's, I will say that Bianca, Bianca, what the hell, Mandy, Toxic Attraction. The whole thing, especially because they've done her and Alba so many times and she's lost. I'd be lying if I told you they weren't losing a little steam with me. It's just kind of like, okay, we, we've pretty much done it all. She's beaten. And I think that that feud with Alba was to her detriment because now I'm really like, oh, man. like, Okay, we've done everything we could do with this thing. Like, if, and if they're not going to do it here, then man, that's right, where I'm at I guess. with Jason. Like... I'm in, I'm in that weird kind of limbo where, okay, right. we've about reached the end of what they can do with these girls here, but there's nothing for them to do on the other side of the street. So, and, right. and, and like to Rob's point, Mandy, ex-champion Mandy Rose walking around on NXT cha- TV for more than two weeks doesn't you- make any sense. And like you are Adam. also you are also this close to the toughest time of the year for you. Like you yeah. are this close to breaking you're going into what we call the doldrums. Yep. And yep. it goes for NXT too. So like really, are we gonna do a new champion in, in at the holidays? No, then you run into the problem that you did with Rhea Ripley. Nobody gives a damn. Now, now she just holds it now. I think she just holds it till Mania season. I could see, see a, a scenario where she holds it at least through Royal Rumble. Definitely, yeah. I don't think they go to Mania with her because I think they'll probably move her up by then. But it's possible, you know, you could be on something. They may not shuffle the deck around again until after Mania. Like, we may be in a holding yeah. pattern with all people's positions on the roster until right. WrestleMania. And then after WrestleMania, you start going, okay, you know, whose segments are doing well, whose merch is doing well, whose you know, road tickets are selling well, and where do we shuffle that deck around? And from there, do we bring up Toxic Attraction as a whole? Do we bring up Mandy by herself? 
Um, that's very possible. I think, you know, right now all roads may very well, I think all lanes may very well be very well taken until WrestleMania. Um, and now yeah. I think, um, now I can see her losing at Rumble weekend, but I don't, sure. I don't think, I don't think she comes up until after Mania. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Because, Just because. What, what's the point of bringing her out there? What's the point of bringing her out there in March? I mean, there's she no. wants that man- well, she wants that mania check. That's why she missed it. Who doesn't? I want the mania check. Well, and look, at, well, look yeah. yeah, I mean, if they're going to do like the women's battle royal or something, um, or or they're going oh. they're going if they're going to have extra a bunch of matches and have space for you know have a whole lot of more women on the card this year, then I can see that. But if it's going to be the same, you know, three mm-hmm. matches, yeah, you know, then, but um. Full prediction time. She is in the match of night and the opening match of night two WrestleMania this year. She's in the match for the women's um, the women's mid card title. Okay, let me ask you this: Is Mandy Rose in the women's Royal Rumble this year? Yes, that's how you get her back to the main roster. She doesn't want a vacation. Rob. Because if, if Rob's prediction is true that she drops at Rumble weekend, that's the congratulations. You just you have a mechanism to get her back to the main roster. Yeah, although I um I don't know because if she's gonna if she's gonna be on the main roster immediately, yes. If she's not gonna be on the main roster until after Mania, then I would I would keep her off of television entirely. I, I would keep her just off because. Because then, because look, if she loses the NXT title on Saturday or whatever, or the weekend before, if she's in the Rumble, then people are going to expect to see her on television. Yeah. And then, and then if she's not, then you have another thing where, you know, uh, so I I would keep her, whether she loses the Rumble weekend or not, I would keep her off of television. I would I would debut her on the main roster after WrestleMania, um, and. I know we we um I guess you know I just I just got irritated I got irritated because you know and because they did this at you know these folks were doing this at the Worlds Collide thing the triple threat match you know well, she's got to lose it here like she's not gonna lose the you know Mako Sadamore came over here for a weekend okay they weren't gonna put yeah. the title over on her and same with Blair Davenport came over for the weekend All right they, neither one of them was leaving with the title. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, and then now I do again. Uh, last night, like I said, it was overkill. I shouldn't have done that. But right. all these other times where people are like, well, she needs to lose it here. She needs to lose it here. No, she didn't. All right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm throwing in my pick for the Royal Rumble. Gigi Dolan. Make that a hashtag. Hashtag Gigi in the Rumble. Oh, in the Rumble. I thought you were saying to win it. I was like, no, oh, in, buddy. in, in, in. Oh, Gigi buddy. in the Rumble. Jeez. Hashtag GG yeah. in the rumble, make it a thing. Oh no, uh, um, there was actually. Oh, I know uh, there was one more topic that uh, we didn't get to last week. Uh, what was the topic? Uh, the discussion about what to do with the money in the bank gimmick itself. Like we talked about Austin Theory last week a bunch, but yeah, there were. Uh, I mean, there were. You know, there were some discussions on some in some circles about. Um, should they move the ladder matches to WrestleMania like it used to be? Should they? Some people thought, that, well, they just need to take a break for a few years. Um, and then there are some people who think you should just leave it as it is. 
Uh, I mean, I think there are pros and cons to each one. Um, I think the pro leaving it like it is is that it's Money in the Bank is always a fun show. Um, the con to leaving it like it is is that the past few years, um, well, you, like you know, I mean, you you the past few years we've ended up with a few situations where the aftermath was just like okay, yeah. Um, um now putting it on a break for a while uh, it makes sense in light of what's going on with roman because nobody's cashing in that briefcase on roman so as long as roman is champion that men's briefcase is basically is a wash um now moving it to wrestlemania but like it used to be all right on the one hand that would make it a bigger deal again that that would make it a bigger deal to have it on, and you would probably be it would probably be more likely that the person holding the briefcase would get booked better, that their time with the briefcase would get booked better because they'd be coming out of WrestleMania, right? And winning it there is a bigger deal, right? Um, I'd say the con to doing it at WrestleMania, um, WrestleMania is for the establishment. It's not where they try to convince everybody that hey this person who was down here is actually really good right yeah um there won't i don't think if they do it at wrestlemania i don't think you're going to have you're not going to have experiments right right you're not going right. to have experimental winners otis um yeah you won't you won't have otis you won't have nikki you won't have Liv morgan uh you, you won't, won't have, have wasteland baron corbin right you won't, yeah you won't have baron corbin we won't have damian sandow look and, and look for good or ill right on the one hand, you know, whatever you think of those people's time with the briefcase and after whatever, I mean, they were people getting opportunities that, you know, that people on the, at that level on the roster normally don't get. Yeah. Um, but the problem is because when you do it during the year, it becomes a kind of a not so important thing. Right. Um, you know, it, 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 it you know, and so it's, 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 I think it's easier to dismiss when they do it in the, when they do it now. Yeah. You see what they do with the women's briefcase. They catch the women's briefcase in either the same night or the next day. Yeah. Um, They've had and, two cat that, that I can think of, two cash in the same night. One was Bailey and the other one was Liv, and they both won. Yeah, and then they had, you know, two the night after. Well, then one of them was Oscar because Becky, you know, right. yeah, the situation with Becky, or Becky was pregnant, and they pretty much just handed Oscar. You know the bill, and, and handed uh, her to the title. So, um, but clearly they've shown at least with one of those two briefcases that they don't particularly care to actually have you know to book anything decent with the winner afterwards right. with the briefcase. Um, having it and it and it's easier to do that when you're doing it in the middle of the year. Um, whereas you have it coming out of WrestleMania, it because it's coming out of WrestleMania, it's a bigger deal, but. The flip side of that is, you know, WrestleMania, again, WrestleMania is for the establishment, you know, as far as the big winners. So, you know, um, that that's going to affect the wins. And, yeah. you know, and you just got to be able to live with that if that's what you want. Controversial opinion on my part, retire it. Retire the concept. The last good cash-in was Seth Rollins. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Retire the concept. I think there are too many opportunities for people to win world championship shots. The Royal Rumble is a big one, and I think you you kind of 
dilute the water a bit when you've got multiple different avenues to getting that world championship shot. When you're looking at this, this is supposed to be a competition. You need to be more competitive. You want that championship? Win that rumble. You know, it, it, that's just the way I, and I like the money in the bank concept, but I think it's run its course. I think we've done all we can do with it. You've run out of creative ideas. They're obviously not committing to anything creatively where the women are concerned. Rob just brought that up. You know, they don't do anything. I think the only one who they did anything with who held it for any length of time was um, Carmella. Carmella, The rest of them, they've been instant or next night cash-ins, and that's just, that's lazy. So, and and that's that's cheap to the women. And if you're not going to give them something to sink their teeth into with it, just do away with it. And with the men, the last two years have been a wash. And, you know, this isn't, you know, a a knock on Otis or definitely not a knock on Austin Theory. We've said our piece on Austin Theory. But they're just, with Otis, it was a, you know what, we got nothing else going on. It's the pandemic. Let's just do this. And it was what it was. With Austin Theory, Vince was still in charge. There was obviously a direction they were going with Austin Theory. Did it end the way that Vince would have ended it? Who knows? You know, there's only... A handful of people with fingers left over who know the answer to that question. Um, so from here, I, I don't think we need the money in the bank, you know, ladder match at all, at least for a few years. I'd say do the do just just the women retire the men's one. Don't even give any explanation for it or anything. Just come back from commercial on Monday Night Raw and be like, hey, by the way, at this pay per view, the women will be fighting for the for a money in the bank contract. Okay, well, let's go. If that, if that, <clears throat> in that same thing, we're we're in the we're in the business now of Triple H trying to freshen things up. Let's freshen things up. Let's come up with some new match concepts. Let's come up with some new ideas. They're trying something with this new NXT match that Sean announced um, last night, which sounds yeah. interesting. It's like a variation of an Iron Man type elimination. It's weird. I, I got, I'm gonna have to listen to the uh, to the promo again to really understand the rules. But at least they're trying something fresh. Because it, basically, it's 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 uh, kind of an offshoot of the King of the Mountain thing from Impact. And see, I I'm not familiar with that match. So okay, so well, the way King of the Mountain works now, there's one thing they're doing differently. But you start out, <laughs> um, you everybody starts out in the ring, and you know you you fight each other, and if you pin somebody, well, in this this NXT thing, you pin somebody, you get you get points. And then the person that got pinned, they have to go sit in the penalty box while everybody else con- continues to wrestle. Right. Now, in Impact, that part is the same. But what what's also is included is it, it's it's a ladder match also. Ah, okay. Okay. And that's the, but the thing is about the King of the Mountain thing in Impact is that it's a title match, whereas this is a number one contenders match. Yeah. So, but again, it's, it's you know, it's what I think are they calling it, it, it. Um, I forgot what they're calling it. Um, I yeah, totally I, I, did too. Yeah, I, yeah, I fell right out of my head. We're terrible. Right, right. We're terrible at this. Right, right. Well, they, they well, let me let me let me reiterate. This is not a news podcast. No, but <laughs> no, uh, we, we tell you right off the rip, guys. Mindless. Wait, yes. We can't, yeah. <laughs> it's in the name. Well, they, they better not call it King of the Mountain, or else that guy from Tennessee might show up with a guitar to bash over somebody's head. That yeah. bag grabber. <laughs> right, they better not call it that. Right, um, 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 but, um, you know, um, no, seriously, though. Um, 
G R A double B E R. But uh, well, and also, I mean, the past couple of years, the the money in the bank thing. When a baby face wins it, it's not the same, right? I mean, you know, we had a conversation about E. As much as as much as you could, there was a plausible reason for E to do Bobby like he did. It still wasn't a baby face thing to do, right? Um, and you know, Liv and Nikki were baby faces. You know, it doesn't hit the same. Um, I think that's what made Seth's cash in so incredible is that was such a heel thing. Yeah, and then I mean, Otis same Same thing with the Miz. The Mizes was such a heel cash in, right? And that and that's Roman Roman getting broke kicked at at the end of that tournament. Yeah, and um, you know, it was a heel thing for that superhero lady. You know. All right. Uh, just I'm oh, joking. So bitter. I'm joking. That's a joke. <laughs> joke everybody. Joke. Joke. Sorry. Joke. Ha ha. Just having fun. All right, but but no, but they. Yeah, I think it's just they've they've run out of, or I don't know they've run out of just maybe it's just it's a kind of a tired concept now. It is, and, and that's it, my point. I, I think if you do just the women's for a while, because they just freaking got it, man. That we kind of suck to take it away. Um, that's true. So but, it's like just let them rock with it for a couple of years. Who cares? Give the women a mid card championship match and a championship, and let them have ladder matches for it. I I would sure. rather do that because I'd much rather. Because right now, okay, so I mean, either they take a woman who would be perfect for a mid card type of thing, and they try to run her with one of the main titles and they've done that the last two years and it has not been great. All right. And, yeah. and okay. That's just, you know, cause look, and because as much as I crack on Nikki, um, she was kind of as much, you know, I'm sure as happy as she was to have won the title. Well, she got put in a position yeah. where she was like, was a substitute teacher. And yeah, mm. there was an absolute shelf life with champion Nikki Cross, and we all kind of felt that as soon as she won the won the title. And and, and well, in that because... gimmick, there was absolutely a shelf life. If you take right. you know crazy sanity Nikki, you know you can push that for a little more mileage. And you know I give her all the credit in the world. The a the almost the superhero gimmick, it was creative, it was cute, it was fun. Unfortunately, it had a shelf life. Well, but the thing about the other thing about it is. She won the title in the next next four weeks. She's in a ring with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. Yeah, and looking, that just, looking like an Oompa Loompa. And then, unfortunately, and then this year, you know, you have Liv, and then she's in the ring with Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, I mean, if you know, the thing about experimenting with winners like that, or in Otis, right? You, I mean, Otis has the briefcase, and he's going to challenge Roman Reigns. Really? Yeah, that's so much. Um, Again, we come back to why am I watching this? Because I know what the I know what the outcome is. And you know, and with theory, even like, even though you know we think theory is a bigger prospect as a future, but in 2022, theory challenging Roman Reigns is the same thing. Theory you know? gets murked by Roman Reigns in 2022. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so it's just, it, I mean, either you know, you if you do the experimental thing, that's how it always ends up. Baron Corbin looked. You know, didn't look, didn't have no business winning no world title in 2017 with the briefcase. Um, yep. 
you know, Damien Sandow, right? He cashed in on John Cena. And it's just, as soon as he said, I'm cashing in, it was like, okay, we know where this is going. Yeah, this takes all the gas right out of the whole thing. Right. Um, you know, and it's... So, if you, yeah, I mean, if you do the experimental thing, that's how it always... It, always, you, it ends up with the experiment, experimental person in there with a, the Hall of Famer. Yeah. Right? And it's just, it's not fair to them because we know how that's going to eventually turn out. It's almost like the last few years, with the exception of Seth Rollins, the concept has become a parody of itself. Yeah, and so, but then, you know, then... And now he was perfect because he was on the way up. He was yeah. a main event level talent, but he was still on the way up. Right. And he and he was an example of using the gimmick to, you know, to certify somebody. But when you if you're experimenting with somebody who is just not there, then it it just you know I mean, again you you end up with this person who you're trying to give a chance to here and trying to do something with, and you immediately end up sticking them in a the ring with a Hall of Famer, and they always look out of place. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, so then, the, and because, I mean, the alternative to that is to put it, to give the briefcase to somebody who's already established, but then for a lot of folks, you know, a lot of, you know, people, particularly on wrestling Twitter, want the briefcase to be a thing to use the experiment with people. So if you put it on somebody established... Yeah. Then for a lot of people that kills what they what they've talked themselves into believing it's about. Yeah. Uh, and so right now I think it's it's kind of a no win either way um, right now. So I think, you know, yeah, I think I, I'd probably just retire it. Maybe you know, and maybe maybe in a few years you bring it back. Maybe when, maybe yeah. in a few years, because look, in about look five or six years, the roster is going to be different. Yes. When you have a different roster and you have a different cast of players, then maybe you can bring it back. You reintroduce the concept because then it'll have a different meaning then. Right. Right. And it'll kick. It'll kick more. Like if they do it in five years, we're gonna get hopefully maybe get on this podcast and be like, "Hey, they're bringing back Money in the Bank. This is gonna be a lot of fun. All right, let's go." Right. So yeah, let's. We can take a break for a while. It's fine. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. Because, um, you know, because I think it's just for the time being, I think it's kind of kind of run out of gas. It has. It's run yeah. its course. It and I think we can put it to bed at least for a few years, if not permanently. So before we go to call to go home here, I want to kind of uh, tease next week's show. Uh, we're taking a little bit of a detour. Still talking some wrestling because it is uh, Thanksgiving week. We're going to be recording on an off night. So what we're going to do is we, we got together and we're going to compile our personal top top five things that we were thankful for. Top yeah. five things in wrestling that we are thankful for. And we're going to talk about that on next week's show. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to wrap back around the room here and thank my, my guests, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason, sir. Fun I show tonight, man. I think we're more than guests at this point, brother. No, no, you guys, uh, you know what, I got to figure out a different way. No, you guys, are, this is our show. <laughs> this started off as my show, but it is definitely uh, not my show anymore. Try my esteemed, handsome, and wonderful co-hosts. You can try My that. esteemed, handsome, <laughs> and wonderful colleagues and co-hosts, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. Gentlemen, it is always a pleasure. 
And from the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob, sir, awesome night. Yeah, thank you so much once again. Absolutely. And again, I am your host, DJ. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here until next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.